0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to subscribe to the show over on YouTube.com, of course. Make sure to search Locked On Panthers. Click on the blue one and click on subscriber. Third week here on YouTube, already have over 200 subscribers. Let's get that number up so more people out there who love the Carolina Panthers just like you can find the show and watch it here on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who has done that so far. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And be sure to also follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. You see it right down there if you're watching on YouTube. Where every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So get those questions into me right now, so I can answer them. So you can either at me at Julian Council or DM me right here at Julian Council over on Twitter. So go ahead and do that right now. Don't wait. Get it done right now, folks. So let's get into it. A lot of stuff coming out of the NFL combine up in Indianapolis, which is, I guess it ended on Sunday. I don't know if it carried over to Monday or not, but either way, it's over. And I told y'all last week when heading up to the combine, yes, the players that are there that will be potential options for the Carolina Panthers are important. We talked to Tony Pauline last week from Pro Football Network. He is a longtime NFL draft analyst, been going to the Combine in Indy for over 20 years now. He gave us a lot of good insight on some of the players that might be there at six for the Carolina Panthers. But I also told you that a lot of the rumors and the frameworks of potential trades and deals would be made up in Indianapolis. Now, the Carolina Panthers, last Wednesday, Scott Fitter made it known, the general manager for the Carolina Panthers, that they were open for business when it came to getting a quarterback, that Sam Darnold did not live up to any sort of expectations that the organization had and that Sam Darnold would admit to that and that the quarterback job here in Carolina is open. Yes, it was a big fat duh because we all knew that bringing back Sam Darnold to at least be the starter without any competition was a non-starter for Carolina and an organization that is really going to have to be good this year because there's a lot of fans out there that are pretty fed up and don't even want to see a year three of Matt Rule. I was actually in the stands at the Charlotte FC game on Saturday evening, which was such an awesome environment to see 74,000-plus there, in MLS record. But the environment of a home game where there was hope. Yes, it's an MLS expansion team. I don't know what the expectations really are from the fans, but there's hope that, hey, maybe this can be a winning team in town. The Hornets have certainly been better of late though they've lost a couple of games here where there might not be in the top seven or whatever six it needs to be to avoid the play in tournament. And that is kind of frustrating for people, but maybe this could be a new shiny thing that could provide us hope. Cause certainly you're not going to see the kind of crowd that we saw on Saturday night in uptown Charlotte, Bank America stadium at a Panthers game this fall. If they don't figure out who the quarterback's going to be. And I don't think they're going to excite a lot of fans. If what I read on Sunday afternoon, comes to fruition, where the Carolina Panthers are potentially and reportedly interested in former number two overall pick of the Chicago Bears and former North Carolina quarterback Mitch Trubisky, who spent the last year in Buffalo. This is where the quarterback market is right now, folks, where I told you all the Panthers are screwed. Who knows what Rodgers is going to do? But from the reporting from Mike Florio, the Carolina Panthers are not one of his targets. Again, big, fat, duh. Because why would he want to come here based off of what we see with this organization currently and a lame deck, potentially lame duck head coach? Even though, yes, he has contracts on his year, but still win or get the hell out of town year three for Matt Rule. Russell Wilson, no idea what's going on there. I don't see why he would leave Seattle. And if he's going to leave Seattle, why would it be here? So those two guys, probably off the board. We'll see what happens legally with Deshaun Watson. But I don't know the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to make a move right now next week when the legal tampering period starts next Monday for Deshaun Watson with all that stuff going on. They did inquire last year. And outside of that, those are the top three guys. Are you going to trade for Garoppolo, who has a right shoulder injury and he's getting surgery? He's going to have him out until the middle of the summer. So he's going to miss mandatory minicamp and OTAs and the installation period, at least early installation period of the offense. And we already know what he is. Kirk Cousins, $35 million cap hit if you trade for him. Does that make any sense for the Carolina Panthers? I don't think so. Daniel Jeremiah, uh, everyone who covers the draft have said, this is not the quarterback class that you want to be trying to get a quarterback. Because Kenny Pickett, whatever, small hands, eight and a half, who cares? He's got a disjointed thumb or something like that, but not a top 10 pick. At least should not be It would be a reach. Malik Willis, probably a project, could use a year sitting on the bench and learning. Not worth a top 10 pick. So where does that lead the Carolina Panthers? Well, apparently it's going to lead them to Mitch Trubisky, maybe. And it's leading a lot of teams to Mitch Trubisky as the Panthers, the Steelers, the Washington Commanders, the Giants, and potentially the Broncos are in the mix to sign Trubisky. And according to Dan Graziano and Jeremy, uh, God, what is Jeremy's name? Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com, teams are open and discussing whether Trubisky gets $10 million or more annually on a new deal. That is his name is that his name is a hot one is not manufactured. It is real. His career reset in bluff. Buffalo went very well in teams. that will be looking for a quarterback in a draft could sign Trubisky to start this year. A Trubisky pairing of a first round quarterback, such as Malik Willis, wouldn't shock a few teams. And again, Panthers, Steelers, commanders, Giants, and potentially the Broncos are all believed to be in the mix. Buddy. Like, I love Mitch Trubisky because he's a Carolina guy. And you already know I'm a Tar Heel, love Carolina. I love Trubisky in his final season there. I never understood why he was the first quarterback taken off the board. It should have been Deshaun Watson, who was excellent his entire time at Clemson. Yeah, Trubisky looked really good in his lone starting season at Carolina. It's the reason why he went number two overall. But I don't know, man. Like, I I like him. And I said the all before, and this is not really biased. It just makes more sense what they did last season. If you're going to take a risk last season on a former top three pick, it should have been Trubisky, who would have cost you nothing. Whereas with Darnold, second, fourth, and sixth, and then a terrible decision to pick up the fifth-year option, which I understood why they did it and the logic behind it, still does not make it terrible. That was the time to bring in Mitch Trubisky. Instead, he goes to be a backup in Buffalo, and now he's a hot commodity, hot name. He had been in the playoffs two years with, when he was a starter there in Chicago. And we've now found out that Matt Nagy, who's now fallen back with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, where he's now the quarterback coach. And there's thoughts out there in the league that when Andy Reid retires, that he'll get the Chiefs job, which would be absurd for that man to fall up, to fail upwards or whatever. But Trubisky, it makes sense in terms of like, yeah, what's bringing bring in someone to compete with Sam Darnold. But for 10 million annually, no, Mitch Trubisky should not be getting any sort of long term deal with the Carolina Panthers. I know 10 annually is not a lot of money. We break it down with Sam Darnold the two years, 22 million dollars, yes, for last year, 18 this year, which is bad. It made sense. 11 million dollars for two years for starting quarterback ain't bad. It becomes bad when. He's not a starting quarterback and he has an $18.858 million cap hit. Do you want to make that mistake? Yes, they already were able to restructure Taylor Moten, giving about $12 million against the salary cap to help them out, give up about $24 million. You want to use 10, 11 of that on Mitch Trubisky? So then you have nearly $30 million on the salary cap for a quarterback. And then also the conversation there is that they could still draft one. So you're telling me you got an $18 million backup in Sam Darnold, a 10 or $11 million starter and Mitch Trubisky because if he comes here and you sign him he's starting especially for that money you don't just sign a guy like that and not give him the starting job at least competition there but no he needs to start because we know what Darnold can't do and help Trubisky's been to the playoffs before and then you could have maybe Malik Willis sit for a year I just don't really feel like that makes a lot of sense for Carolina if you want to bring in Trubisky bring in Trubisky but don't give him a multi-year deal especially don't give him 10 million dollars and you're gonna have to probably have to overpay because if that many teams are interested in Trubisky and Washington they probably feel like they're a quarterback away and they thought they're gonna have Magic this year who had never taken the team to the playoffs and never won the division but still they thought that that was gonna work out probably would have worked better than what they got this past season with Taylor Heineke even still like the Steelers yeah but but Trubisky That just does not feel like the answer to me, which is continues to lead me back to just focus on building the team and the coaches need to do their job and coach the guy that they brought in that they believed in and Sam Darnold and see what happens. What's going to happen is, well, he'll stink. They'll lose their job. So I get why they're trying to turn over every stone. But that stone's leading to Mitch Trubisky. What kind of hope do you think you're about to instill in this fan base heading into the 2022 season? Not a lot. I don't want to be pessimistic, but let's be honest, y'all. Like, I think Trubisky deserves another opportunity. Does that opportunity to be here in Carolina? I don't think Matt Rule and them can really afford to do that, but they also can't really afford to sit back and watch Sam Darnold be terrible again and have another 11 win or 11 loss season here in 2022. So we will see. We'll also see whether Robbie Anderson is here, whether he's playing with Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. Will he be on the roster? Because apparently their team, and his old division up in new england has some level of interest on the wide receiver who took a deep dip last year in his production in 2021 so we'll get into that here on locked on panthers in just a moment march is here and this is the time where you and i and pretty much all of us have given up on all our new year's resolutions but we're not going to do that this year we're going to stick to our resolution of eating right and thanks to bill it almost feels like We're not really doing a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have y'all tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included. That's right, 100% real chocolate with every single Built Bar. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better for you and they're better tasting. Make sure to go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So if you guys have been listening to the show, you should know right now that I'm pretty out on Robbie Anderson. After the 2021 season, it left a pretty sour taste in my mouth. He led the team in receptions back in 2020, had over 1,000 yards receiving. Also that season where it was the first time and only time so far in his career where he's had 1,000 yards receiving in a season. And I thought that maybe Robbie Anderson could be one of the foundational pieces for this offense moving forward. The Carolina Panthers also felt the same way as they offered him an extension prior to the 2021 season. I was a little caught off guard by it. I didn't hate it at the time, and now obviously everyone hates it based off of the production or lack thereof from Robbie Anderson in 2021 and where he might be heading in 2022. We have no idea. There's only one reliable receiver on this roster, and that's DJ Moore. Can Terrace Marshall or Shai Smith step up to the plate next season? We will see. We'll also see whether Robbie Anderson's here in Carolina. You go back to... The Eagles game where he had the sideline tirade, which I don't know if that's the fairest way to describe it, considering that these guys put in a ton of blood, sweat and tears literally into football and that they want to win. And Robbie saw the Eagles were sitting on the route concept and he tried to tell it to Joe Brady, tried to tell it to the coaching staff, didn't listen to him. And it led to the third and final interception that day from Sam Darnold. There was also frustration with Darnold, someone who Robbie Anderson played with back in New York with the Jets. And. We had thought when having a discussion about Sam Darnold coming here to Carolina that maybe the relationship that he had with Robbie Anderson would be a positive. Did not turn out to be a positive, as we saw Robbie Anderson yelling at Darnold on the sideline later on that season, telling him to tighten up, which he told the media afterwards that he would tell to anybody. Also, not a great look. Anytime your wide receiver is yelling at your, your quarterback, and also not a good look when he was just so, hey, and we all felt the same way, was so visibly, excited to have Cam Newton here, was advocating for Newton to be the starter to get another opportunity next season when, come on, we all know that Sam Darnold was likely going to be back and that, Sam, that Cam was probably not going to get an opportunity to be a starting quarterback here in Carolina, especially when the Panthers made a decision in the last two weeks to start Sam Darnold over Cam Newton. But Robbie Anderson made a lot of mistakes last season. Couldn't catch the football, got knocked out a couple times, which really wasn't his fault. Just an overall, just bad, no good, awful season for him in 2021. Which, again, left a sour taste in my mouth when it came to Robbie Anderson. What also I don't like is his name has now been in the trade rumor market twice. We talked about it, I think, either last week or the week prior, where there's a report from the New York Post that Robbie Anderson would be interested in going back to play for the Jets again. Which I don't understand. Why would you want to go back to New York where... They didn't want you in the first place. Joe Douglas maybe made it a mistake back in 2020 by not re-signing Robbie Anderson, but now it doesn't look like he made that much of a mistake at all. You're going to go play for rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. You already have frustrations with the quarterback here and might be playing with another rookie. Who knows how the quarterback situation is going to play out here in Carolina. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So to see that, it's weird. This is one of the guys who's been the most vocal when it comes to the process here in Carolina working and being a believer in Matt Rule. He's one of the only... Temple and Baylor guys, not one, the only, but he is, I think of those guys, he's been the most vocal in trying to let people know that, Hey, it's going to work. Just, it just takes time. And he trusts and believes in it, but we heard about that trade rumor. Now there's another one, according to Greg Bedard of the Boston sports journal, formerly of sports illustrated been a longtime writer up there in the Boston area and really plugged in with the New England Patriots. He reported that last week from the combine, which I had told y'all, Not only was it about the players that the Panthers would be looking at, it was also about the potential deals that they could be making with the other 31 teams across the NFL. And apparently they had preliminary conversations with Bill Belichick and the New England Brass about Robbie Anderson. If you remember back in 2020 when the Jets decided not to re-sign Anderson, one of the teams at the time that was interested in him was New England. And New England will be looking for more, more wide receivers as they're trying to build around Their second-year starting quarterback, Mac Jones, who helped him get to the playoffs this past season. But he needs more weapons, and Robbie Anderson could be that weapon. I don't actually hate this at all. I really don't. And it's not just – I mean, the cap implications would be positive for the Carolina Panthers as moving on from Anderson would create $9.2 million against the salary cap this season plus $7.7 million in dead cap money. You don't love that. But if they trade him post-June 1st, $13 million against the salary cap that they saved this year, and then they split that dead money in half. So about three this year and then whatever it is, three point whatever this year and then the next year would be the same amount of money. And hey, cap implications, that works. When you look at wanting to resign a guy like Hassan Redick or potentially tag a Hassan Redick, which they have until Tuesday to do, or the same thing with Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, and some of the other key free agents that they might want to bring on here to Carolina, that would be a positive. I don't think it would be negative at all to get rid of Robbie Anderson at this point in time. Yeah, that leaves you... Without a number two of our receiver, we already kind of are in that situation now. We don't know how he's going to bounce back next year. And maybe the better quarterback play will help him out with Teddy Bridgewater. Again, he had his career year. And without him this past season with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker and a little bit of Cam Newton, things weren't great. He came on later on in the season when Cam got there. But overall, it just wasn't a positive season for Robbie Anderson. And the thing about it where I'm mainly out on him is when he caught up the fan base. You have never done anything here in Carolina. You've never been to the playoffs in your career, never been a pro bowler and then you have the gall to sit here and tell fans that they're not real Panther fans. Like if you don't support us hundred percent. Then you're not a real fans. Like, Hey man, go to the playoffs, catch the football, like be a better teammate, do those things. At least visibly when we're watching, I don't know how he's in the locker room visibly, like be just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. The things that we saw from Robbie Anderson. So if Bill Belichick wants him fine, so be it. He can go. He, he does not need to be part of the plans. And it's clearly a bad decision by the Carolina Panthers, who have extended them as early as they did, knowing they had plenty of free agents that they needed to resign. And the Moten thing made sense because you had gotten down to the deadline of being able to extend players and sign them to new contracts that were franchise tagged. That was not the situation with Robbie Anderson. Scott Federer said at the time that, hey, we believe in Robbie. Well, after one season, they no longer believe in Robbie and are out on him. Maybe he's better in New England. We will see how it all plays out. But the Carolina Panthers want to move off of Robbie Anderson. I'm not going to be upset at all. I'm not going to say I'm going to drive the man to the airport, but I will not shed a tear if he leaves Carolina. The Panthers have young players in Shai Smith and Terrace Marshall that they drafted last year, and who have shown flashes. Not very many because they didn't get very very many opportunities last season. But you got DJ Moore. That's guy who needs to be making a ton of money. And when it comes to wide receivers, if you're not if you're not going to have one of those top guys like Moore, or of course across the rest of the league um, that you see, then there's not really a reason to pay them a lot of money when in a college game, it's as vertical of a passing attack of you as you've ever seen, and it's so pass happy that you can find a wide receiver at wherever state university to come play for you and probably give you some production. Will they give you the 95 receptions and thousand yards receiving that we saw from Robbie Anderson in 2020? I don't know, but it's not like Robbie Anderson's been consistently that good throughout his career. So would it really be that big of a loss for the Carolina Panthers? I don't think so, and. It wouldn't bother me really at all. Now, I don't know if this would bother me, but I would be surprised, even though this ESPN reporter says that he won't be surprised if this happens. What is that? We'll talk about it here in just a moment. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for Bo pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your number one source for hockey, boxing, and UFC coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So heading into the offseason, we all knew the Carolina Panthers had two priorities. 1A could be finding quarterback. You could also say 1A is finding an offensive line. 1A, 1B, however you want to break it down. The Carolina Panthers need to fix the offensive line. No matter who's playing quarterback next season, they need someone else to be back there protecting them. We already know that Brady Christensen likely going to be a starter next season at guard, in and at right tackle, steady Eddie himself. If you want to call him steady Eddie, that's so corny. I'm so sorry for saying that, but Taylor Moten, who has not missed a start the last two seasons and is the only player on that roster, on the offensive line, who you can depend on here in Carolina. They need to find a new center. Who's likely going to be Pat offline. They need to find a new left guard and or a right guard. However, wherever position Brady Christensen doesn't play at guard and they need to find a new left tackle. And the common consensus here among you, me and pretty much everyone is that the Panthers are likely going to look for their left tackle. They're at six it seems unlikely at this point in time that Aquanu from NC State, the local kid, um, would be there at six. He would either be going to number one overall to Jacksonville. I've seen mock drafts have him there. I've also seen where the probably the consensus, also not consensus, but he would also potentially be gone at five to New York Giants. Seeing seen the same thing with Evan Neal, either going number one overall or being gone there at five right ahead of the Carolina Panthers to the New York Giants. But Charles Cross might be there at left tackle. We've seen the conversations also from Daniel Jeremiah that um, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa could be a possibility for the Carolina Panthers there at six. As he reported on the Rich Eisen show, at least he was given, according to a source inside the Carolina Panthers organization, who was familiar with the Carolina Panthers organization, that the team is dead set on taking an offensive lineman at six, six, even, even if it's, a reach, which pinning a FCS offensive lineman would probably be cross, maybe not. Some people like Jeremiah don't see Cross as a top 10 guy. Same thing with Todd McShay, while others have mocked him to the sixth of Carolina, and that's probably been the most common mock draft selection for the Carolina Panthers, especially knowing their need at left tackle. They also have a need at center. And according to Dan Graziano, an NFL insider for ESPN.com, he said the Carolina Panthers. At least you wouldn't be surprised if the Carolina Panthers, if they went out there and drafted Tyler Lindenbaum, who is the top center, the consensus center, top center here in the NFL draft heading in the 2022 draft out of Iowa. And I've said to y'all before that, hey, man, I understand that left tackle is a big need. I would rather settle that. Um, I would rather settle left tackle and center, even though it looks like is going to be the starting center next season. I'd love to settle that prior to the draft and free agency and go get a Teron Armstead, if they can afford to do that, or I I don't know, Cam Robinson, whoever might be available, Dwayne Brown from Seattle, he's older, but who's, who could potentially be available. And, you know, finding a center is important too, because that guy touches the ball every play. That's the center of your communication. And it would make a lot of sense. And I've had the conversation saying that Lunderbaum would make a ton of sense here in Carolina based off of that. And that it would be nice to have another Ryan Khalil who dropped back to the second round and stayed here for 10 plus years in Carolina and was a pro bowler and was, the consistent kind of player that you need at that position. And it's very hard to find free agent centers are going to play well for you. As we saw with Matt Paradis, he struggled his first year out coming off of injury was better in 2020. And then wasn't all that great in 2021 before going down with a torn ACL and ending his career here in Carolina. So why not give Linderbaum an opportunity? Now, the one thing that might kind of tell you not to do that for Carolina is the fact that he has, well, he's smaller. He's about 290, where you look at Elfline 305, the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule said that they want to be more of a downhill uh, rushing game this year, which is completely opposite of what every other team in the NFL is trying to do and trying to get a top quarterback and have weapons all around him. They want to run the football, and they need bigger guys to do that. And there is concerns that maybe Linderbaum won't be able to hold up. You go look at where Pat Elfline came from, where he started his career at least, in in Minnesota, Minneapolis, the Vikings. Um Garrett Bradbury, who's a Charlotte area guy at NC State, he is their center there. He's also kind of a smaller center, about two ninety 290, two ninety five, and he's had his injury issues, and there's concern that potentially Linderbaum could be like Bradbury and have those issues. When healthy, is a really good player, and I would imagine hopefully the same case would be in the NFL. When healthy, and hopefully only healthy, Linderbaum would be a good player for the Carolina Panthers if they take him there. Now, when we talked to Tony Pauline last week, uh, Pro Football Network, a draft analyst who's been around for a while, he thought that it would make a little bit more sense to take Linderbaum around the 16-18 range if the Carolina Panthers were able to trade back and get some picks that they didn't want to stay there in the top 10. Scott Fidler has also said that if there is a franchise-type player sitting there at six, they are going to take him. I've said it. It would either be a left tackle, likely, or a quarterback if they fall in love with one, even though that doesn't make a ton of sense with Pickett or Willis. When it makes him a lender bomb, we'll see. It, it was the uh, first time ever I've seen anyone suggest that he would be there. We've had the conversations on the Friday Weekly Mailbag. I've talked about how, hey, that might make a ton of sense. I don't know. We will see how that all plays out here in the weeks to come, as we are only six days away from the legal tampering period, which will give us a better indication where the Carolina Panthers are probably going to lean when we head into the draft at the end of April over in Las Vegas. But that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure you're going to subscribe to the show on YouTube, entering our third week here on YouTube. And also be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, at Julian Council, either at me on Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the Lockdown Podcast Network. In the meantime, be safe, take care, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?